So, all right, everybody. I don't know what my name is, but I'm here with, with the man, the man who's having a moment on the internet, Shuli Egar. Hello, Shuli. Hello, my friend. How are you? Thanks for having me. Now, Shuli, thank you so much for taking the time. We should say uh, right off the bat that you're appearing Saturday, September 24th, at the Fairfield Comedy Club in Fairfield, Connecticut. That's right down the road from me, like 20 miles. 417 yeah. Post Road uh, in the great town of Fairfield. Go to fairfieldcomedyclub.com for tickets. Support Shuli on Patreon. I did. I signed up last night. Patreon.com slash The Shuli Show. Follow him on Twitter, Shalom Shuli, and on YouTube, Shalom Shuli. So I signed up because I am obsessed with the Uncle Rico show. Who I is mean, it, pal? I mean, besides John, uh, everyone. Oh, even he's obsessed. I'd say he might be the most obsessed with it. Well, and that's kind of the funny part of it. What's the latest? I guess it's almost like breaking news with, with things that are going on in the Stuttering John universe. He did some copyright strike stuff. What's going on? What's the latest? Well, let's start, you know, for maybe there's people that are going to watch this that aren't necessarily familiar. Uh, Stuttering John was uh, an employee years ago, um, I would say, in, in the biggest time of the show, uh, as far as listeners go and, and the amount of uh, eyes and ears on the product. John was involved with the show. He would go out and do red carpet interviews and uh, kind of ambush celebrities with embarrassing questions and then left the show to uh, he was hired by Jay Leno to be the announcer of the Tonight Show, Stuttering John. And uh, he did that for a little while and then has not been in entertainment since. And while he's on the outside looking in, he's the type of guy that sits there and takes shots at other people and talks shit and, you know, belittles people's career all the whole time, oblivious and delusional to how far down the ladder he's fallen and um very jealous bitter guy really goes out of his way to make sure you will walk away hating him i've never seen a guy work this hard to have so many people not like him um and so for years he would talk smack about me and and uh throw these little these weird like uh delusions in his head that that i'm like a friend of his and I give him inside information while I worked at the show. And I believe that I, cause I was listening to stuttering John in those, in those years, like 2018, 2019, I want to say. And that yeah. was one of my questions for you. Cause I've, I've mooched off you now, like the last two podcasts I've done, I've done uh -huh. like this thing where I, I, I play the portions of your podcast, then John reacting to your podcast and then you reacting to John's reacting. And, uh, <laughs> Like, but according to the YouTube comments, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible, you know. Uh, but <laughs> well, one so thing I'm obsessed with. No, no, yeah. the, the, the Uncle Rico show is, I mean, I, it's, it's hilarious. It's laugh out loud funny. But one thing I'm obsessed with is exploring that origin of the beef between you yeah. and Stuttering John. Because my theory is I thought he was pretty strongly insinuating in the years where he was making borderline slanderous statements about so-and-so's having an affair on the Stern show. He went right. after JD really hard. Right. And he, then he was kind of saying, but he didn't come out and say it. Well, Shuli's my, Shuli's the mole. Did right. is, yeah. Was that, am I right in that interpretation? And if 100%. so, 
So did that affect your job? Because there you are, and the Stern Show has, of course, gone through momentous changes in the last uh, couple of years. Did it plant a seed in your head? Were you nervous? Were you paranoid? Were you going to get in trouble with the job because of what John was saying? Well, I think if it was anybody else, maybe. But I think the fact that, you know, John at that point in time was um, any chance he got, he would he would attack Howard, he would attack the show, he would attack Gary, the employees. So um, there weren't too many people, um, you know, friendly with him that were working there because what are you going to be friends with a guy that hates where you work and everything you do? And it's like, what's the point? Um so nobody really took him seriously over there. But my thing was like, what if they did? Like, what if these people, for whatever reason, wanted to to take what he said to heart? And like what management. If they did? Yeah, right. And what if they were like, hey, this guy said it, so it must be true. Uh, you're out of here. And, and now I lose a gig. I have a family to support. You know, all the ball busting I do on John. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't want him to ever stop broadcasting. I don't want him to ever stop doing stand-up. I would never take money out of his pocket. Um, so he's he's a scumbag like that, where he will say shit knowing that it can get people in a lot of trouble. You know, there was this video that got leaked of this big summit meeting that mm. Howard had before, like, all the changes went into effect uh, up there when the show became... A different kind of show and somebody recorded this video and leaked it and john for the longest time would would make the claim that i recorded this video that i sent it out that i leaked it that i now again if if anyone took this guy seriously i could have been in a lot of trouble for that meanwhile if he had a brain in his head then you watch the video you see my dumb bald head two rows in front of the goddamn camera. I never so, realized that. But yeah. did anybody, you know, because, you know, you work for a big corporation, you know, it's a multinational, whatever it is. Did you ever get called into human resources and asked about that? Because that must have been a big thing uh, in the office and in the company when that thing made it to the Internet or, or maybe not. Well, no, I never individually got called in to an office and talked to, uh, which... It had nothing to do with John. Um, it was, oh, you there? I'm still here, you? yep. Oh, okay. Um, it was more about, hey, you know, we have a situation here, and we just want to remind everybody we'd really appreciate it if you guys didn't do stuff like this. And It wasn't like batting down the hatches, you're all going to die, you know, everybody's, you know, sliding down ladders, we're moving up to DEFCOM, whatever, you know, it's like, it, it, I'm sure it pissed them off. Uh, I could understand why it would. And yeah, but again, he, he's, John is delusional in the sense that he thinks people are hanging on his every word. People are making up rules and edicts to, to ensure that nobody comes in contact with him. You know, there's no rules in place for people not to talk to stuttering John. They have something called common sense. Uh, that's what's keeping them from talking to Stuttering John. That's what's uh, keeping them from being friends with Stuttering John. Every relationship this guy has ends horribly. And at some point, he has to kind of take a step back, look in the mirror and go, maybe it's me. So for years, he busted my balls. He accused me of shit that wasn't true. I always took the high road because I felt like, you know what? 
this guy needs me to fight back because nobody gives a shit about him. And if I get into this with him, then that's only going to help him. And, and I refuse to get involved with this stuff. And then about like, I don't know, four or five, I don't know, three, four or five months ago, um, I was just, I was getting ready to do one of my episodes of the Shuli show. And I, and I told my producer, Iso, I said, I'm just going to talk about John on this episode. Like, I'm just going to finally rebut, you know, all this bullshit and, and let these people know what I think of him. And, um, and it got really good response. And I had done my buddy Carl's show, who are these podcasts a bunch of times. And we, um, we ended up, you know, doing stuttering John segments on there and I had so much fun. And, and for me, um, it's like softball pitches, man. It's a, with a beach ball, it's so easy. And if anybody hasn't heard, I mean, it's legit funny to me. It's kind of like when you, if you go to a comedy show live and somebody in the audience is speaking up, it's almost like you're handling a heckler, uh, but it's that stuttering works. John. It's just playing clips of the actual stuttering John show. Uh, and it's just re it's just really funny. Uh, I, I can't say that enough. Like you can't help but laugh. Uh, and I also appreciate like just, it because you you never sure you're never sure how that's going to translate. Like it's funny to me and my pals, you know, Mike Morris and Bob Levy, who who do the show with me. It's funny for us, but is it just funny for us because we're so close to the situation? No, and, and it's and, not cruel too. The the other thing is it does it doesn't come across as cruel. Like maybe somebody has never heard it listening to this right now and listening to right. sort of the, this this it's it's a personal right. beef, but it doesn't come across that way on the show. It's legitimately funny because you're a comedian and hearing you react to him as opposed to hearing like me react to him. There's just it's it's you just really it. funny. As much beef as as I've had with the guy and still have. Um, my goal is not to maliciously attack the guy, uh, you know, his family, his affect his income, affect his gigs. I don't want any of that. The whole goal of this show is to say, John, you are horrible at broadcasting. And the fact that you keep putting this stuff out there, I cannot sit here and not pay attention to it. I can't pretend that everything's normal over here. All I'm going to do is highlight the clips thanks to this amazing, uh, amazing Reddit forum called Dabblers Anonymous, which is dedicated just to Stuttering John. And these guys will pull clips and they'll post stuff from the archives and new stuff and photoshops and, you know, they, they, because John tends to lie a lot and make stories up and these people take on his lies and debunk Basically, everything he's claimed is not true. He's it turns out, admit, yeah. He, he's had to admit later down the road that it is. And that's all thanks to Dabblers Anonymous. They are... They're the know, paper of record for stuttering John. It's amazing. Like It's like you know, getting up every morning. I checked it this morning. All right, what I see. I'm, yeah. I'm interviewing Shuli. Let's see what's new. It's, it's Yeah, like they're the conveyor belt sending all the shit down. We're just the workers at the end packaging everything, you know, and, and putting it where it needs to be. So it's a lot of fun. We're, we're all, you know, my, one of my first co-hosts in this was Mike Morse. And Mike does not have a relationship with John, doesn't really know, doesn't really have a dog in this fight, if you will. But um, all it took was one episode, maybe four or five clips. And he's, he's now been immersed, just hooked like heroin to John clips and, and 
Uncle Rico. And um, and so, yeah, so back to the very first question, uh, John, you know, always claims that none of this stuff bothers him. He's a comic. He can take the ball busting. It's no big deal. Well, um, one of those isn't true. Besides that he's a comic part, uh, it does bother him. He filed a copyright claim against one of our episodes, which he's done, I'd say, close to 10 times now, if not more, between who are these podcasts and other shows. Um, And what he's saying is what he's accusing us of is taking content behind his paywall and playing it um, for free. That is not the case. What we are doing is taking small portions of his show clips that are already online we're not cutting them up or taking them from his site and we're playing those while commenting on them i believe they call it the transformative content uh, fair use stuff like that it's like a review i mean it's it's totally protected by the first amendment allegedly i mean youtube is a weird thing but it's ideally it's supposed to be first amendment protected yeah, like go watch a you know a music teacher reacting to a, a singer. Go watch a drummer reacting to a drum solo. Like everybody's sitting here and doing this, but apparently it's not okay if it's done about John. And and every time John's tried this with who are these podcasts, they've appealed and they've won. And we are in the process of appealing right now. We like to do live Uncle Rico shows on YouTube, get the fans in there, get them involved. The turnout's been amazing. The numbers are, are through the roof across the board with everything. Super chats. Um, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. It, it really, if you take a step back and you go, here's this guy stuttering, John, trying to make money broadcasting. And here are all these people around on the outside of stuttering, John, making money on stuttering, John, broadcasting he's the only one that can't figure it out he's the only one that can't make money doing this meanwhile all the other shows that comment on him are doing just fine so uh, the appeal is in the process we will win the appeal and the channel Did you have to get a lawyer and all that or are you doing it yourself did you have to okay no, i'm a jew I, I double as a lawyer it's fine um but we we will be back up on the youtube as for now we're we're putting we just put a new episode up on patreon last night that we recorded. It, it's great. It's great. The, the, the whole sequence of, first of all, John going through his health problems uh, is just, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's funny, it's, but it's also, it's most, also strange. It's the most baffling thing to me that the show starts when he wants it to start. And somehow he's never ready. That, that is the most, either he's got half a sandwich in his mouth or he's bleeding or he's sweating, but it's as if, it's as if this thing turns on by itself and he's not ready ever. He hits go, he hits record, he hits live. Like he's just amazing. He never ceases to amaze. Do you ever feel, cause I'm at the point where sometimes, and I listen to uh, who are these podcasts weekly. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, my, I, I was listening and they, my, my podcast is so bad. I got mentioned once on there and it was, uh, <laughs> hey, it was terrifying. Crossed. Let's hope, let's hope we get this. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, everything they said was right, though, because me and my uh, the guy, my co-host, we were just speculating on Carl. We had us. It was all wrong. We were just saying stuff, never thinking it would get back to him. So but at the end of the day, it was funny. It it, it was good. But I kind of feel sorry for stuttering, John, because he has said he's had two strokes. That whole thing with the medication thing last night was just whatever that was. And then there's, you know, there's the Coors Light consumption. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, do you ever, are you ever at the point where, have you ever reached out to him and said like, Hey, John, like, no matter, is everything all right? Or like, have you ever reached out to him no. in any way? No, because we never had a relationship like that. Like, like when I was, before I started working at the show, I was a caller to the show. I would call in with material, impressions, whatever I could think of to, to play ball with these guys. And John was working there at the time and John would put me on hold. And, and I remember one day, you know, here's a great story of, of who stuttering John is and why I don't feel sorry for him. Um, there was this day where he was getting goofed on on the air. And, and I called in to, goof, to join in the goofing on John. And John, um, and John at one point come in the commercial break. They went to break. I was still on hold. And he comes to the back and he looks, obviously, he looks to see who's on the phone and what, and what they want to say. And he picks up on me and he goes, uh, <clears throat> really, surely, this is what you're going to do after everything I've done for you. And I go, what have you done for me? You put me on hold. Like you come here with Artie doing comedy shows. I ask you for three to five minutes of stage time. You say no. So you literally do nothing for me, but put me on hold with the work that I've put together, the stuff that I've come up with to call in and contribute. We're not a team. You know, we don't work together. And, you know, the guy went out of his way to fucking accuse me of shit when I've never done anything to the guy. I've never said a word otherwise about the guy, never had a show goofing on him. And so now I don't feel sorry. Nobody should feel sorry for him. This is the bed he's making, you know? Oh, he had two strokes. Maybe don't drink a case of fucking beer every day. How about that? Maybe don't announce to the world that you're at a bar every afternoon of every day. Uh, You know, it's just like, there's only so there's only so much you can feel sorry for somebody if they keep doing this shit to themselves then at one point you just gotta go well you're on your own pal all bets are off there's nothing i can help you with now and when you you know when my, you, i'm sorry yeah. go ahead Julia. no no no, no i'm good go ahead go ahead when you arrived at the stern show obviously he had left he was, mm-hmm. he was out when you got there what did people say about him was he liked was he disliked you know i can tell you in all honesty, he didn't really come up at, at much at all when I was there around my circle. But there were times where if something he did would, would kind of get around a little bit, I wouldn't say viral because, you know, um, uh, I think it's, it's strange to me that there, well, I guess it's not strange, it makes sense. There are m- much fewer people that claim they're a friend of his than people that say they used to be or they don't talk anymore or whatever you know um every every relationship with him usually ends like a a Cessna running out of fuel going into a side of a mountain Mm -hmm. you know there's not a lot of not a lot of survival with Jackie it seems right like even kind of Jackie and him seem to be on the out and and Jackie I mean I mean I would think I've interviewed that guy he's the nicest guy in the world I mean how do you not get along with Jackie it's not even not about getting along it's not like they had a falling out because they had an argument about something it's just John is a fucking big mouth and John goes on his show and starts talking about Jackie's medical condition when Jackie's not even on the show doesn't have his approval or permission to talk about this but because he has no content and he has nothing to say, then, you know, he's he's maybe the worst person 
to ever, if you had to tell a secret to somebody, don't give it to him. It's going to be out. So, yeah, I don't blame Jackie. It's like, it's not any fucking business of yours to talk about my medical. If you're a friend and you're concerned, then call me off the air and let's talk. But don't sit here and go, I love Jackie. I love Jackie. And then break down his medical history. Like, it's it's just another dick move on his part. And, you know, we're we're here to fuck with him in, in the least, uh, um, like, dickhead it's, way as possible, I guess. Like, it's not, not vicious. Looking, it's, it's not it's vicious. It's not vicious. Like, I'm, fuck, like I, I'm getting, you know, he loves his phrase, G-g-g-ya. he loves saying that phrase. I have a trademark attorney. Uh, we're in the process of trademarking Gaguya. So that way, anytime, well, he has to stop saying it unless he wants to pay pay me for it. But that's the kind of trolling we're going to do. That's the, you know, we got other surprises in the works too. Um, he's either going to admit that he really does care <laughs> or he's going to keep filing copyrights. And when does YouTube go back to that person and be like, hey, well, yeah, you know, it's- you you're doing this 50 times and not one has stuck. Uh, Maybe you're the problem. problem. They're supposed to yeah. be, yeah, there's supposed to be some type of mechanism where you can't do false claims all the time, at least according to like the YouTube, like whatever I watch. But uh, yeah. how about in terms of his legacy though, Shuli? Because, you know, I'm 48, right? So, uh, and I grew up like an hour outside the city and like my, my oldest brother, I got four older brothers. Like they listened to Howard Stern when he was on NBC. Sure. You know, it was always something like in the family. And I got to say, like stuttering John, take away, like, or put aside what he is now. He, he did contribute so much to that show, in my opinion. Maybe it wasn't, he was just being himself. And it's almost like it is now. He's himself, but you had Howard Stern reacting to him back then. And now you've got Carl and his crew and you reacting to, you guys are now the stand-in for Stern. But yeah. To me, and, and, and I'm going to get crap for this, he is on the Mount Rushmore of personalities from that show. Maybe it's because I grew up with him. You know, like it's like when you, you grow up with your own generation of SNL, maybe it's like that. But where do you put his legacy on that show? He's, and this may surprise you, uh, but he's one of the OGs. Uh, I think, you know, his stuff back in the day, like, one I I'm a fan of John's shit. Like I loved his old not not necessarily the red carpet questions. I I liked them. Don't get me wrong, but I loved the studio interaction. I loved when when he would sit there and that laugh of his would come out and it would piss off Gary and it would piss off whoever. And he was a great instigator, and and that laugh was super contagious. I love it. One of my favorite calls I ever had to the show was when Robin was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Celebrity Millionaire. And she brought her friend that she brought with her to Millionaire was that dude Bigfoot, Matt. You remember Bigfoot? Yes. He's a bubble boy and big fish. He passed away, right? Passed away. Okay, yes, yeah, yep. And the whole bit was like, visually there's this like eight foot dude sitting in, and robin's like ah, i brought my friend matt and he's like like he's melting in the seat he can't even fit in the camera shot and and i called in because i watched the appearance and, and i was living in vegas at the time so you got to think it's like four o'clock in the morning my time 7 a.m east coast and i'm on hold 
and they're playing clips from Millionaire and, and commenting on it. And I sat there on the phone and laughed for 25 minutes with with the whole like Howard put on a voice synthesizer thing to make his voice super low. And he's like, you know, and he's like, Regis, I just threw a baby down a well. And John is laughing hysterically. I'm laughing hysterically. One of my favorite calls. And and John being a part of it, like he was a part of something great. He definitely contributed. I'm not taking away any of that. And I never have. I've never said what he did was, I, I never discounted anything he did. Um, he definitely was a big part of that show back then. But um, but that being said, we ain't there back then anymore. You know? It was a long we're, time we're ago at now. this point. Yeah. It was a long time ago. Yeah. And, um, and, and old. the way he treats people and the way he, he talks to people and what he expects from people is really mind-blowing, mind-blowing. So, um, and again, our thing is like, if you're going to put it out there, John, then we're going to goof on. We're not going to go out of your way to, we're not going to go out of our way to look up secrets on you and, and dig up shit. I don't care about that. Finances, selling his place. I don't get involved with any of that. My thing is purely broadcasting. I'm not here to ruin his life like he tried to fucking ruin mine when I had a wife and kids and this guy's accusing me of, of telling company secrets to him, you know. It's just like, that's not how I roll. That doesn't. This show wouldn't work if that's what we did. We'd just be really angry, nasty people doing that. Um, and we don't need to do it. We, we, there's, it. This is working. People are digging it. People like it. Yeah, you and it's yeah. it feels like it really took off like the last two weeks. I don't know if that's just me, but it seems it like has. you really you really hit a stride somehow over the. I don't know. It's just like you, being on uh, on Kumia earlier this week. Uh, it really feels like uh, it's it's rising. You know, it's like a tide, and it's just yeah, I can't. No. It's just really funny. Um, how do you deal with like the haters though? Because one thing. Right. So we mooched off you and we suddenly got more page views than we ever got by putting Shuli hashtag stuttering John hashtag on YouTube. Suddenly people are paying attention to us. But what comes along with that is, you know, I made a remark in a previous podcast where I said that stuttering John was the most uh, successful post stern guy there was. Yeah, I, you know, I forgot about Billy West and I meant like other than Artie. And I just, you know, rightfully so, people were like, you're a moron, I'll never listen. You know, you don't, you're not worth the, the clothes. You're, you, know, you shouldn't exist for making right. that uh, stupid mistake. How do you deal with that? Because I know, like, even in the Shuli camp, uh, mm -hmm. my theory is that there's people, you were new to them. You were on the show for 15 years, but then there's that listener base, like my buddy, the co-host. Well, Shuli's the new guy, and uh, I'm with the, the, you know, the Jackie era. Um, it, it, does that play a part, and how do you deal with uh, some of that? Those online, maybe that's a stupid question, but how do you deal with the it's online? Not, it's not. Well, it's funny because it's been going on, you know, since since day one. I mean, there used to be this site, Stern Fan Network. Oh sure, I, 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 yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I remember being a member on there and being a listener, and then when I got hired, I said, man, I. I'm going to go back to all my Stern Fan Network people. It's going to be like Rudy and carry me on their shoulders off the field. And then I open it up and it's like, how did this fucking idiot get hired on the show? He sucks. His calls were never good. I'm like, hey, I know that guy. He's supposed to be my friend. And, uh, and so I started with the hate 
from day one when I got there. And Stern Fan Network was just brutal, brutal. I mean, it was so ironic that it was called Stern Fan Network, and yet you couldn't find one fan it was on just, that page yeah. of any of it. Uh, and, you know, so they, like I said, they were brutal. Like, I remember we were pregnant. My wife was pregnant. We were expecting our first kid, and they, they like, had a thread in there uh, wishing my kid would be born retarded and, like, and I was just like, fuck, man, what did I do to these people? <laughs> and you just learn the hard way. It's kind of like living in Vegas. When you live in Vegas, you can't gamble every day. You're not going to be able to live and gamble in Vegas. And you're not going to be able to um, advance and move forward. And, and if you're just locked into this world where you're reading about people who can't do what you do, don't have the skills, talent, or ability to do what you do and just read them tearing you apart. Like eventually that shit sticks to you like barnacles, you know? And and I think after a while you stay on it too long, you end up believing this shit or you, your, mm. your energy kind of shifts into going in, going uh, along with that stuff, you know? And that brings me to my other question because your, your jump from like, Working in Vegas. Were you doing stand up uh, before the Stern show in Vegas too? Yeah. I know you were blackjack. You were doing stand up then. And then all of a sudden, you're. you're well, you're kinda... well, in all honesty, I dabbled. But go ahead. Dabble. All right. You dabbled in those days. That's that's okay. Fuck that, but... man. I was running five open mics. I was fucking. I was headlining. I, I wouldn't dabble in shit, dog. <laughs> Don't insult me. How dare sorry, you? Sorry, sorry. But uh, then you, your ascension, then you're on the biggest radio show in the history of the planet. Yeah. You do it for right 15 years. Is that the right number? 15 years. I'm bad at math. Yeah. 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 And, and then you leave on your own accord and it's just, it's crazy to me to think like you went from uh, being a working comic, working in Vegas, biggest show in the world. And then you're out there on your own. Uh, was it strange? Was it, I obviously, you know, there's nerves involved, but like when you were first doing a, a podcast by yourself, yeah. did it feel like day one, your first open mic? Yeah. Terrifying terrifying because you don't you don't have that uh support system but again you know it's not like where i was they were giving me an opportunity to do my own show there anyways you know there, there was there was a ceiling where i was at and i had hit it and i always felt i felt like and, I, and i'm interrupting you and people kill me for interrupting you because nobody wants to hear from me but listening to you on uncle rico and the and the shuli show now i'm like holy cow shuli was was in a box on the stern show it felt like you weren't being used to your full potential I was dying to do more. And, and my thing is, you know, my favorite, my favorite thing about that show and about comedy was the, the organic nature of it, the, the spontaneity, the shit happening right there in studio in that moment, riffing on it and creating 30 to 45 minutes of content just off of one, one thing that just happened. And that show you know, I, I look back at Carson's show and like there were so many organic bits that look at every time somebody brought an animal out on Carson, right? One of the animal experts would come out, right? That's all off the cuff, as Bobo would say, shit. Um, and, and that's my favorite type of comedy. So for me, it was like I worked I worked a long time uh, uh, and very hard with Gary and with Howard to get them to trust me to get them to, to understand that if, you know, a whack packer or something was on the phone that, that I had something on, I could walk into Gary's office and I can go, 
hey, man, I got something on this. And Gary would go, go in. He wouldn't say, what do you have? Tell me this. Tell me that. I got to a point where I would say, hey, I got something. He would go, hit it. And that that uh, trust and rapport we had, that was everything. If it stayed that way, I would have I never left. But we went from that to working from home and, you know, the pandemic. And now everything, there is no let me go in. Everything is is double and triple checked. Everything is, you know, everything is secure now. There are no surprises. There it's are a no, formatted show, right? It's, a, it's now a heavily formatted show. Which, yeah, right, and, is, and, and at the end of the day, that's what he wants. And, and you know what? He deserves it. It's fine. He's he's earned he's earned that right after all the years he's been doing this. A uh, lifetime I, in that, right? It's just yeah. it's crazy. I don't have a problem with that. My thing was for me, you know, I just I just wasn't digging it anymore. And uh and that and that was there's nothing personal against him. The guy gave me every opportunity in the world, uh opportunities nobody else would give me. And so I'm forever grateful for that. But I also am not just going to stick around in a place that that I'm I'm not happy, and be miserable and let that you know bleed into my family's life and and everything else. So, you know, I like I said, there was a ceiling. I hit it. Uh, management wasn't interested in me doing anything further there. Um, they weren't interested. They weren't uh, welcoming to anything I did outside of there. So I was kind of trapped in this bubble where it was like, I can't advance on my own. They won't let me, they won't do anything for me here. So I'm just, I'm just stuck pedaling on a bike without a chain. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Mm. So, so that was my thing. Um, and yeah, it's terrifying. It, it, it's, it's, you know, but that, that not having anything, right. That, that uh, terrifying fire that's lit under your ass when you're hustling and you don't have anything else to fall back on you can't duplicate that you can't you can't uh you need that so that's how i got there was having that fire you know i came out for a one-week audition from vegas as a consultant nothing on air that's crazy just to explain just to explain to these reporters of howard 100 news who howard was who the people on the show were that was my job for one week Penny Crone. Got any, uh, well, you know, I won't take up too much more of your time, but it's just wild to me that Penny Crone was, was a member of that news team because I grew up, you know, right outside of New York. She was like the toughest reporter, the craziest, like uh, a television personality. And you were my smoking like, buddy. We used to always go down for cigarettes together. Love her. Love her. I just saw something. She's like in Italy. So she's doing fine, I guess, traveling the world. So Thank God bless her. She's uh, great. The, the, the last thing I'll ask you, Shuli, and, and, and again, thanks so much. And people should go patreon.com, The Shuli Show. Please support live comedy by seeing Shuli this Saturday, September 24th, at the Fairfield Comedy Club in Fairfield, Connecticut. Go to fairfieldcomedyclub.com for tickets. And Shuli, and what's you your website? Shalom, yeah, you can go to shalomshuli.com. There's other shows I'm doing. Long Island, uh, right? Next- Long Island next weekend, McGuire's in Bohemia, Long Island. That should be a fun show. I think Ant's coming out for that show, a couple other surprises. So, um, yeah, and that's the thing. You, you know, I could leave the job, but the job don't leave me. I'm in town. I'm getting calls from people. They want to come by the show. So if you're thinking about coming to these shows, there'll be a surprise or two. Definitely come down. Yeah, heck yeah. I mean, and Bob Levy is now a part of uh, yes. the Uncle Rico show. I, I mean, Bob Levy, I saw you guys – I actually had a resentment against you for many years, Shuli, 
at, uh, I saw you guys in Milford. Can it had to be at least eleven years ago? Because I have two kids now, and this is before I had kids. Yeah. And uh, so I'm ready to see. It's 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 uh, uh, the killers of comedy. You know, it was like. I'm in there. I thought the place was going to burn down. I'm ready to like light the place on fire, you know, and I'm drunk. And uh, you came out there. I don't know who opened. Maybe, maybe Sal came out first and just, you know, Sal did whatever he did. And then you kind of said, hey, you know, everybody, you got to calm down here. <laughs> like, just, I'm going to yeah. throw you out if you do any customers. You just kind of put a, a, not a damper. I get it now. I get it now. Yeah, but for, yeah. for, for, was it, was that a constant challenge in doing? Uh, that group specifically where you have, I mean, uncle, uh, not uncle Eric, uh, high pitch. Eric was just wandering the, uh, the aisles. It was, yeah, just it, was a, just a, it was just a shit show every time. It was just like, it was like taking a, a, a circus on the road. You know, we have the iron Sheik with us, Beetlejuice, you know, uh, you got Sal drunk running around doing shit in the back, Richard drunk, you know, Florentine farting in people's faces, you know, Levy, Levy going, you know, who's got coke? You know, he's, everybody's out of their fucking mind. Uh, and then I got to be traffic cop, you know? And yeah, you're and like the stand-up comic being responsible and being like, hey, you guys, you got to like sit down to enjoy a show. And, and I didn't even think I was at a show, so. It was such a wild, I remember Bob would come up to me and he'd go, this is between, this is like maybe uh, the last comic is going up before Bob and, and Bob would come to me backstage and he'd go, uh, and I'd go, uh, you want me to just bring you right up? He'd go, Nah, do uh do a couple minutes. Can you do like three or four minutes? And I go, yeah, I can do three or four. I go, do three or four minutes, and then ask who's got blow. <laughs> and I go, and I go. So you want me to do my stripper bit, and then ask somebody in the audience who has cocaine? And he's like, yeah, yeah. See if anybody's got. I go, okay, no problem. Um, so that's but the kind of show it was. It, it was the thing, out of control. The, and the thing about Levy, and I, I'm sorry to interrupt again, but bringing up Bob Levy. Cause I hadn't seen him in a while. You know, I know he yeah. had his thing and he had whatever going on with Stern and then he wasn't on Stern. He was doing his own thing. Well, we but... all had a falling out, including Bob and I didn't talk for 12 years. I did not know that. Holy, but now yeah. he seems like he, he, I mean, he's, I, I love him and him and Kevin Brennan are like the, you know, the, the two grouchiest dudes together. I, I think they're great together. Bob is, Bob is having a rebirth right yes. now. He's, he's never, he's never been funnier than he is right now. And, I'm so happy for him. You know, he's doing the right things. He's he's not a fucking mess anymore. And and he's he's succeeding because of it. And I, you know, when we started doing the Uncle Rico show, Mike, Mike Morse is great. I've known Mike for years. He's the original member of the Miserable Men show when we started it on Sirius. And uh Mike's a hilarious ball buster and a go-getter. And and I knew, I knew that last piece would be Bob, but I didn't know how Bob would react to, because Bob doesn't really have beef with John, not yet. He will, because John's going to say some stupid shit about well, Bob. And yeah. let me tell you something, John, it's the biggest mistake you're going to make, okay? Because this guy, you get on his shit list, it's not good. It's not good. So um, to, <clears throat> to see Bob, like, get in the mix with this and be fucking hilarious, I mean, has had a killer killer line the best line of the show every episode he's done comes out of bob's mouth without a doubt and i couldn't be happier working with my friends uh goofing on somebody that's not my friend it's great all right julie i'll let you go there's a million other things i could ask you about you know it's already lang of course but i'll just say a prayer for Artie and wish oh, we'll do it bad. again we'll do it again and yeah we'll, yeah and we'll get I, you on uncle rico with us how about that you come do an episode with us 
Oh God! I just you want like negative comments all over the place. I'm a I'm a WATP survivor. I don't know if I can do that, but but thank you so much. Hey man, we had Tom Myers on as our first guest, and uh, and he got positive comments. So I think he can do it, and and he deserved them. He was great, and I like Tom, and I'm glad he agreed to come on and and do. Uh, you know, it's very big of him. Last time we talked, it was me goofing on a stand-up on, on a live podcast in front of you know hundreds of people in Nashville. And uh, and he was a good sport. And so I was glad he came on. And yeah, man, we, we'd love to have you. And thank you for doing this. Yeah, no, my pleasure, Shuli. It's absolutely my pleasure.